Hi there, this is Brian Barnett with The Last Symptom. When I started The Last Symptom, I never in a million years imagined it would grow as it has. In these early shows especially, audio quality was often iffy, and there were references to services or online groups that are outdated and no longer in use. Great improvements have been made. Where should you go for all of the most up-to-date resources that I offer? TheLastSymptom.com is my permanent website full of free resources where everything is always up to date and that I encourage you to refer back to often. There are also a few modest paid resources at TheLastSymptom.com. These support my efforts and have allowed The Last Symptom to exist for as long as it has. These include one-on-one phone conversations with me one-on-one Zoom video calls with me, and perhaps most importantly, the Last Symptom Fundamentals course, which is a two-week, intensive, pre-recorded online video course that is far superior to things like DBT. The Last Symptom has a flourishing YouTube and Rumble channel where I publish regular orange slices, which are condensed video insights of five or ten minutes in length. If you're just now discovering the last symptom, welcome. I hope you will find every insight and resource you need here for authentic and permanent recovery from emotional disorders such as borderline personality disorder. Now on to the show. Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental health nor emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he has gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as they individually and personally choose while accepting full responsibility for their own individual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares. And by listening to this program, you are acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome back to The Last Symptom. I'm Brian Barnett, the host and the creator of this show. Alrighty. Well, now it's poetry time. This is something we've been doing here the last few episodes, and I've, I've enjoyed it. Listen closely to what I've picked out for you all today which has absolutely nothing to do at all with what we're talking about. It's just something beautiful. So I'm sharing it with you on the merits of its beauty. Here it goes. As the moon lingers a moment over the bitter roots, before its descent into the invisible, my mind is filled with song. I find I'm humming softly, not to the music, but something else. Some place else, a place remembered. A field of grass where no one seemed to have been except a deer, and the memory is strengthened by the feeling of you dancing in my awkward arms. A place remembered by Norman McLean. A river runs through it.
A River Runs Through It, my favorite all-time movie and an excellent book. If you haven't uh, seen or read it, I recommend both. The movie was directed by Robert Redford, stars a very young Brad Pitt and an even younger Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So many parallels in that movie with my life growing up. Just every time I, I see it, you know, it's like my brother and I are playing the main parts. All right, time to get into the meat and taters of today's program. Is it possible to recover from borderline personality disorder without hitting rock bottom? What I can tell you is that I personally would never have so much as begun to explore the possibility that I had an emotional disorder, much less ever recovered from it, had I not experienced the phenomenon known as hidden rock bottom. Here are some of the reasons why I can't say for a certainty that this holds true for everybody. Uh, all of these, by the way, are going to get me in trouble. I every one of these reasons that I give you are going to get me in trouble. They're going to get me in trouble with somebody. Uh, with the feminists, with the atheists, with, <laughs> with everybody. So don't go anywhere. Just hear me out. And if you disagree with it, that's, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> There's no reason to get upset. But hear me out, and um, you know you can arrive at your own conclusions. I can't be dogmatic. You know I can't say 100% for certainty, for a certainty, that everybody has to hit rock bottom before they reach the place of sincerity that is required to then begin the process of recovering from borderline personality disorder. You know that's what we're talking about when we talk about hitting rock bottom. What we're talking about is reaching a place where you have no choice but to then evolve into a place of sincerity. That's what we're talking about, sincerity, genuineness, and approach. So the thing about recovery is that anything less than 100% genuineness is bound for failure. No matter what you do, no matter what you do, you might as well just be twiddling your thumbs and not doing anything until you reach a place of genuine genuineness, sincerity in your approach to recovery. Hitting rock bottom is what uh, accomplishes that for, for almost everybody. Hitting rock bottom takes your choice out of the equation. It's when you reach a place where, you know, it's sink or swim at that point. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to die either by suicide or by destructive behaviors that will kill you? Or suddenly, is your uh, sincerity going to kick in and you're going to say, all right, all right, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. I can't do this anymore. Something's got to change. Something has got to change. And at that point, a person then approaches recovery with, with a sincerity that they've never had before. Genuine sincerity. Well, in most people, in the natural course of things, if you don't hit rock bottom... And you've always got a way out where you can keep uh, partying or being unfaithful or um, uh, abusing your money, you know, spinning your money into the ground or um, uh, acting like a, an unhinged fool toward everybody and still retain some friendships. Anytime that there's a way out, most people will continue living as they're accustomed to. Hitting rock bottom just forces sincerity upon people. It forces sincere, sincere uh, self-examination and uh, approach. 
So that's what we're talking about. Now, are there people who can reach that level of sincerity in their approach to change uh, without suffering the terrible losses that uh, hitting rock bottom requires or, you know, by nature uh, includes? Well, let's see. Number one, women, more so than men, are by nature more inclined to explore their psychology. And not only this, but they often do it with a sincerity and a receptive mind that is rare. They are more inclined to read self-help books and check their horoscopes. And what's interesting is that women don't simply have the tendency to do this for themselves. But many even do it to try and figure out the internal gears of others they have an interest in. I know this from first-hand experience. So, this makes me wonder if certain women with borderline personality disorder, without hidden rock bottom, could experience the necessary epiphanies, and therefore the sincere, authentic approach required to recover. So, women are overwhelmingly more inclined to go to a therapist or buy a self-help book in the first place. I have... Uh, 2,500 people in my education group. Overwhelmingly female. By nature, men will never entertain the idea that they have a reason to see a therapist, much less go to one. It's just hardwired into us. What is typically a man's first experience with a therapist? It's a couple counseling scenario to appease a wife or a girlfriend. My, my point here is that men cannot be reflected in statistics and areas of study in which they refuse to participate. So what do the studies reflect? Do they truly reflect that more women have borderline personality disorder? No, they don't. At best, these studies only reflect one thing, that more women than men go to psychologists and therapists. That's it. So I assure you that borderline personality disorder is not a woman's disorder. God, the stupidity of the professional community sometimes really gets my goat. Here's another reason I can't dogmatically say that all people must hit rock bottom in order to begin authentic recovery from borderline personality disorder. Uh, religion. Now, while there certainly is no shortage of cringeable hypocrites within religion, many people who have never been spiritual or God-fearing begin to study the Bible, and this has a profound, astonishing effect on them. There are thousands of examples, people I would have no trouble whatsoever pulling up autobiographies on who have done complete 180-degree turns in their life. These are not superficial changes I'm talking about, but profound, real, complete changes of personality. And many of them are not compelled by misery. You know, that's an important point. <laughs> they're not compelled by, by their losses. In other words, they're not at the end of their rope. They're in the middle of their rope of a lifestyle living and doing pretty well 
when they're introduced with some ideas, which something inside of them uh, grabs a hold of and makes them want to learn more, and they make real, complete changes in personality at that midpoint, not compelled by misery, but compelled entirely by what they learn and a newly discovered sincere desire to have a relationship with their creator. Uh, Many of these people go to inspiring, hard-to-believe measures to clean up their lives and eliminate deeply, deeply entrenched behaviors and lifestyles in order to meet the requirements that they believe are necessary to please God. And this is happening every day, and clearly they are achieving profound change as unbelievably as unbelievably difficult or more difficult than recovering from borderline personality disorder. And all of this without ever having to hit rock bottom first. So, people can scoff at this if they want to. Truly, I mean, you can feel however you want to feel about it. But um, there's no shortage in documentation about this. Anybody at any time could look up this information and be met with a thousand trillion, gajillion examples of people who who this has happened to. Finally, uh, number three, people mature. And no, I don't mean that borderline personality disorder cures itself with age, because it doesn't. I want to make that clear. And borderline personality disorder does not cure itself with age. What I mean is that age and experience sometimes bring with it a willingness or an openness to consider things that one would not have considered before. There are foods that I like now at age, you know, in my 40s that I didn't like when I was 20. That I would not have considered eating when I was 20. And that now are some of my favorite foods. This is the sort of thing I'm talking about. A change in uh, attitude and in approach to life. So, a man who would never in his life have, have considered exploring his inner wiring. <sighs> I know you're in a bad way, buddy. Yeah, I know. So, a man who would never in his life consider exploring his inner wiring might one day become curious. Maybe he could be shocked into some epiphanies by what he finds there. I, I think this is probably unlikely, but I can't uh, entirely rule it out. Because like I said, I just uh, this is a subject I can't be dogmatic about. So these are just a few of my thoughts on the subject. Uh, as I say, I personally needed to hit rock bottom, and I believe that in many cases, it's a necessary ingredient required for true recovery. Certainly. Nobody who shields a loved one from experiencing hitting rock bottom is demonstrating true selfless love toward that individual. Moms, oftentimes you're the Achilles heel in the situation. You better stop giving them gas money and all that stuff. Let them hit rock bottom. Let them suffer. That's what genuine love does when it's in the best interest of the, uh, the object of our love. Now, as an afterword, I'd like to say that genuine recovery from borderline personality disorder is not ongoing in nature. You know, like alcoholism, 
That is, when somebody has developed a physical dependency on alcohol. Genuine recovery from borderline personality disorder is not like that. Now, at the risk of undermining what some feel like they've accomplished, and thereby discouraging them, which is not my intent, people with borderline personality disorder who believe that they've recovered in the way that alcoholics recover, that is to say, just keeping their symptoms in check, not, not drinking because they can't drink, because they know if they do, they'll fall right back into to their old behaviors. People with BPD who are in this state have simply not recovered. No matter how much easier or improved life may seem by comparison to their earlier experiences, they're merely controlling symptoms. The reality of this type of faux recovery is that they're still never going to experience true emotional health. They're still never going to experience genuine inner peace and contentment. They're never going to experience authentic love and relationships. And they're still going to pass on their distorted viewpoints, their views, to their offspring, thereby ensuring that this unnecessary curse exists in their family line indefinitely. When I talk about genuine recovery from borderline personality disorder, I'm talking about no longer having it at all. It's not like you know, you're walking around afraid you're going to slip back into old behaviors. We're talking about apples and oranges here, folks. Recovered alcoholics cannot ever drink alcohol again. There's a reason for that. Because recovered is being used in an inappropriate way. They're not recovered. They're stuck in limbo. They're stuck in limbo, controlling their urges. When I talk about recovery from borderline personality disorder, I'm talking about some, I'm talking, I'm using the word in the true sense of its definition. So, symptom management is really nothing to be satisfied with. There's no reason for it. Genuine, total recovery is possible when we're talking about emotional disorders. It doesn't require more work controlling the symptoms okay this is an important point total genuine recovery does not require more work than controlling symptoms it requires less work because once the disorder is eliminated it's eliminated for all time so there's no reason no reason at all to be satisfied with symptom soothing or controlling symptoms. That's all I got for the serious stuff today. Let me tell you about my weekend. I went to uh, Columbus, Ohio for the 36th annual 24-hour Ohio Science Fiction Movie Marathon, which I've been attending since I was 19 years old. 19. Man, that seems like a long time ago. I'm 43 now, so that gives you an idea of how near and dear this event has been to my heart. And it's exactly what it sounds like. We go into a theater at 12 o'clock noon on Saturday, and we don't come out until about 12 o'clock noon on Sunday. 24 hours 
of movies, trailers, shorts, strange odds and ends from who knows where or when. There's an annual costume contest and many other good things. Guests, special guests. I met the uh, Oscar winner, Patricia Neal, at this event. The year before she died, she was an elegant and exceptional guest. If you don't know her, I'd recommend visiting imdb.com. She was in the classic sci-fi movie The Day the Earth Stood Still in 1951, one of my favorite movies. But she won her Oscar for the movie HUD with Paul Newman in 1963, and not for supporting actress. No, sir. She did not win for supporting actress. She won for best actress that year in 1963, and I got to meet her. One of the highlights of my attending there. This year, not only did we have Joe Bob Briggs as the guest, but he sat right next to me the whole time he was there. If you're not here in the United States, you might not know who I'm talking about. But he hosted late night shows throughout the 80s and 90s where he would showcase these uh, drive-in movies, he calls them, or sort of the not mainstream sci-fi and horror movies. He was just so much fun, and, and he was so down to earth. During his presentation, he made a few references about Appalachia. So uh, later, when I was talking to him, I said, Hey, how did you know all that stuff about Appalachia? I'm pretty impressed. Not too many people outside of Appalachia know these things. And he looked me in the eye, got a big grin on his face, and he said, I'll tell you what, buddy, <laughs> I'm somewhat of a redneck historian. <laughs> and that got us both laughing. It was a nice bonding moment. He's, he's a redneck historian. Anywho, I hope your weekend was as good as mine. What I'd like y'all to do is get in touch with me and give me some feedback about something, all right? So I've got a special assignment for you. You may have noticed that the last several episodes of the podcast have been getting much longer in length than what you had been used to up until uh, about episode 35 or so. They used to run at about 20 minutes each episode. Now I'm struggling to keep them under 50 minutes. So my question is, what is your preference? The almost hour-long format or the 20-minute format? Which is more pleasant and enjoyable for you? Please let me know. I appreciate your feedback very much, and I'll use it to inform my approach to things moving forward, I promise. This is Brian Barnett signing off. Take good care of yourselves. Do something nice for yourself today, and we'll talk next Thursday. God willing, and the crick don't rise. Mm-hmm.